You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We've been doing Stronger and Deeper. Because we don't just want to be a big church, we want to be a strong church and we want to be a deep church so we can weather whatever comes our way and that we can make a difference, make an impact. So I really hope that over these last few weeks um, that you have felt that, that in your spirit you feel a little bit like, come on. Come on, 2023, give me what you've got. We're feeling strong and ready uh, to go forward. And if, you, if it's your first time here, then a uh, huge welcome. But you, this is the final installment of our Stronger, Deeper series. And what we've been doing is, I guess, kind of looking at the why behind the what of church on a Sunday. So week in and week out, we come and we do praise and worship. We pray, we give, we read the Word, and just really get into grips with why do we do these things? Because we don't just want to do things religiously. But equally, we don't want to not do things religiously. So we want to make sure that we're doing what the church was born to do, that we as Christ followers have a conviction of why we do what we're doing, that we don't just kind of follow the crowd. And in a a growing church, it's easy to do that. But I am passionate about every individual, every Christ follower, fully having a conviction of why they're on the planet, of who they are in Christ and what they're called to do. So I'm excited. So we have been looking at these things, haven't we? So we've looked at prayer, we've looked at worship, we've looked at word, and we've looked at sacraments. And today I have the privilege of uh, finishing this series, and we are going to be looking at the power of the tithe. Yes, we are going to talk about money. Now, some of you are thinking, I knew I shouldn't have come today. Should have had a Sunday off, should have had a lie-in, you know, but the doors are locked, so, you know, you're not going anywhere. That is a joke. Feel free. Um, But no, I'm excited. Some people could think like, oh, you got the daft one. I'm like, no, I got the best thing to preach on. I got the best thing to share with you because I passionately believe that if we can grasp this truth of God, that it can completely transform your life and not just your life, but your children's life as well. I know for me, uh, my life, my family, for me and Mark and the kids, our testament is to this truth, to God's promises. And uh, this today comes with a God guarantee, okay? Not a my guarantee, not a Pastor Lee and Lisandri guarantee, not even a church guarantee, but a God guarantee that if we apply this truth, uh, that things will be completely changed and transformed. Now, I know that for some of you, you know and understand the tithe, and you've been a tither for many, many years, and you'd be one of those people who can say, I too can testify for the power of the tithe. But for you guys, I'm still excited because you're going to have a stronger revelation that God always wants to deepen our revelation, stronger our revelation. For some of you, this is totally new, and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay. And for some of you, you kind of are the people that just kind of try and ignore it or avoid it. Well, today, the Holy Spirit has got you here, and uh, I'm believing he wants to speak and do something in your life. And I think it's kind of like one of these things that um, it's almost like a power that has always been available, but you didn't know that it kind of existed. I had one of these revelations a few uh, weeks ago 
where, I mean, I could be on my own. Maybe you guys already knew this. But on your iPhone, right, there's an app, and it's called Find My Phone, which is great when you've got teenagers because you can keep track of them. But did you know that it has this little thing, that, this button that you can press, that if you've lost your phone, because some of my teenagers have a habit of doing this on a daily basis, and I have to search around the house, spending hours of my life looking for phones under cushions and in the beds and all things like that. But if you press this button, it beeps, and you can find it. It's like revolutionized my life. In fact, the other day, I lost my phone at this football match, and I was like, it's gone forever. And then I remembered the power of the beeping button, and I pressed it, and the whole place is like, it's here, it's here. And I was like, yes, the power that transformed. And I'm believing today, church, that you're going to have a power moment where you just go, okay, this is truth. It's gone from head knowledge to heart knowledge, and God is going to bring some breakthrough. So are you ready? Okay, so I guess when we come, we do our tithes and our offerings every single Sunday. And for most of us, we get the concept of generosity, okay? God is a generous God. He's a big God. He's overflow. He's multiplication. He's increase. Jesus tells us to give to the poor, give to the needy. That's what we've just done. And we're kind of all on board with the generosity. We get it. The envelopes that we have. Oh, can someone grab me an envelope? That'd be great. Um, that, you know, it says on it, doesn't it? The world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. And we're like, yes, we get that. We're on board with that. Get generosity. But what about the tithe? What is the tithe? The tithe literally means a tenth, 10%. Uh, so for us as Christians, the, in the biblical context, the tithe is a principle of giving the first 10% of all our increase, of all that we own to God. Okay? Pr godly principle of giving all of our, the first 10% of all that we own and give it to God. Now, we find this principle through the entire Bible, from the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament. So let's just have a quick look at this. We've got here that uh, in Genesis 28, verse 20 to 22, this is pre-law, okay? Before there was any law about tithing, before there's any law, this is before the law. And we have here Jacob saying, Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I am taking and will give me food to eat, clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's house. Then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Okay? The principle of the tithe. That was pre-law. Then we have uh, the people instigating law, putting law in a, a way for people to live, a way for people to do life, and they decide to legislate the tithe. So in Leviticus uh, 27.30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. See, now we have it as law, that it's a law that we bring a tithe, that we bring a 10% of all that we have to the Lord. But then we have it, we find it in the Bible post the law. So there are some things that stop at the cross, okay? And uh, animal sacrifices, I'm glad that stopped at the cross because otherwise offerings on a Sunday could be a little bit messy. <laughs> Just saying, grateful for that. There are some things that go through the cross, and there are some things that are magnified by the cross. And our generosity and our treatment of others is one of those things that is just magnified by the cross. You just have to look at the Beatitudes. 
And Jesus clearly here is exaggerating everything that the law says. He says here when he's talking about uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, it says, you've heard it said, you shall not murder. But I tell you, anyone that is even angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. And it goes on and on and on. You know, this is what the law said, but I'm saying, you see, the law was just a baseline. That was just a baseline. And then Jesus came and he didn't come to fulfill the law for us to do less. He came to fulfill the law so that we could bring increase, so that we could bring even more. And then Jesus affirms the tithe again when uh, in Luke 11, verse 42. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglected justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. So don't just bring the tithe. You've got to show love and justice and mercy. But don't just do love, justice and mercy. You've got to still do the tithe. Law, baseline, cross, then it increases, okay? So we have a picture here of the tithe being all the way through the Bible. Now I want to read you here the really guess the key verse for this morning from uh, Malachi 3. And many of you have heard this before. And this really is where we find the God guarantee of the power of the tithe. I'm going to read from verse 8. It says, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me. In this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. What an incredible, powerful God guarantees scripture we have there about the power of the tithe. Let me just give you a few quick things about the tithe. The first thing is this, is that the tithe, when we bring the tithe, it honours God. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So with everything that comes into my life, I choose to put God first and to honour him with uh, 10% of everything that he gives me, I give to God. Show him honour. Honour is to pay tribute, to respect, to admire, to appreciate, to bring praise, to bring thanksgiving. Now, I'm sure many of you uh, in your lifetime will have experienced kids' parties. They are a feat to behold. And if you are a parent of young children and you are in that zone, then uh, I salute you. <laughs> because it is a thing. If you've been, you know what I mean. Guys, this is coming, okay? <laughs> it's the thing. The noise and the craziness and the chaos. Oh, my goodness. But if you've ever been to a kid's party, what you will see uh, before the kids go on the, the jumpy things or the play things or go and, you know, fill themselves with loads of sugar, before they do anything else, before they do all of that, the first thing that you will see them do is that they bring and present a gift to the birthday person. Yeah. 
The first thought is to show appreciation. The first thought is to give honour, to give respect, to bring a gift. It's the first thing that we do. And it's exactly what we do with our tithe. We bring a gift to honour God, to show appreciation, to acknowledge who He is, to acknowledge what He's done, to pay honour to God. Our tithe honours God. Now just think about that, because I was thinking, this actually is pretty incredible, that the God of the universe the God who created me, the God who uh, has done everything that He's done for me. He's rescued me. He's saved me. He gives me hope. He gives me joy. He gives me peace. He's present with me. He goes before me. He blesses my family. He blesses my coming. He blesses my going. Everything that this God does, there is a way that I can honour Him. That's mind-blowing. And if there's a way that I can just a little bit thank God for what He's done, thank God that He's rescued me, thank God that He's done everything that He's done in my life, if there's a little way that I can honour Him, then gosh, I'm going to do it. 10%, God, I give you my life. But all you're asking is 10%. Okay, God, I'm going to do that because I want to honour you. Thank you, God. I honour who you are. And I guess the thing is, is that If by giving a tithe, it honours God, then I guess the opposite would also be true, that when we withhold our tithe, we're dishonouring God. Malachi says, doesn't it, you know, that God says, you know, he says, how are you robbing me? With your tithes and offerings. Now, I'm sure that there's not anyone in this place that as our little blue buckets go by, would take, you know, put our hand in and take something out because we just wouldn't do that. But the Word of God says that when we withhold our honour to God, that it actually is dishonouring Him. Um, And I was thinking that, you know, when it comes to this birthday gift, you're coming back to the birthday gift, because it says here in the Malachi, it says, bring your whole tithe. Bring your whole tithe. I mean, I guess a tithe, if we remember, is 10. So anything less isn't really a tithe anyway. But bring your whole tithe. I'm thinking we would never dream of rocking up, giving a gift to this, you know, giving a gift to a child at a party and go, oh, by the way, I've given you that, but there's a little bit that I've kept at home. Is that okay? You don't need the whole present. I just kept a little bit. I thought you'd, you know, appreciate just a little bit. I'm thinking, no, we wouldn't do that, would we? We'd give the whole gift. Bring the whole tithe into the house, it says. And the thing is, it matters what uh, we put first. Because I don't think any of us do this deliberately, but we we end up, other things kind of come in and kind of take over. But it matters to God what's first. Because first, it speaks of priority. First speaks of priority. Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, your heart will also be. See, when we honour someone with our treasure, when we buy a gift for somebody, our heart leans in towards them. We think, oh, I love this person. I appreciate this person. Think of all the good things. We try and buy something that's going to match their personality, something that they're going to appreciate. Our heart leans into them. And it's the same with God. He wants, uh, you know, when we bring our tithes, our heart leans into relationship with God. And church, I want you to know that this is not about the money. God doesn't need your money, Okay. The church doesn't even need your money because the church isn't reliant on man. It's reliant on God who says, I will build my church. I will build my church. So this is about your heart. It always has been or always will be about your heart. God is after your heart. So the tithe, it honours God. 
The second thing is this. It tests what or who we trust. See, when we read uh, in the Bible, the number 10 is a number of testing. Uh, God sent the 10 plagues to Egypt when he was trying to get the people out, set the people free. He'd sent Moses to go to Pharaoh. And really, this was a test of perseverance, all about perseverance. We read the 10 commandments. What are they? They're 10 tests of obedience. We read about the 10 spies going into the promised land to check it out. What was that? It was a test of faith. Throughout the Bible, lots and lots of tests. 10 is a number of testing. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate tests. There's always one though. Come on. Who's the person in this place that actually loves tests? Yes, I told you. There's always one. Is that Rich? Rich. Yeah, Richard. I honestly, when I was growing up, there was always one person in my class that would be like, yes, it's test week. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I hate tests. But I used to hate tests. You used to hate the feeling, the anxiety, the anticipation, and people would walk in and they'd try and recite all the things that they've learned. And I'm like, stop talking to me. You're confusing me. Hang on a minute. What did you say? What did I not remember? And oh my goodness, I used to hate tests. But I wish I knew then what I know now that tests were never there uh, to see you fail and catch you out, but tests were there to set you up, to prepare you for everything that you're going to do. I just think about the driving test. Oh my goodness, that was a thing. I failed my first one. Probably a good thing though, because I wouldn't have been ready. I needed more preparation time to know that you can't just pull out at a roundabout when you feel like it. You know, but tests are there to set you up. And I want to say that God has put tests in our lives not to make us fail or to set us back or to catch us out, but to set us up for everything that He has got for us. See, God's tests, they are there to develop perseverance. They're there to mature us spiritually, emotionally, physically even. They're there to test our strength of character, our obedience to Him. Tithing tests who or what we trust. In Malachi 3, it says, test me. Test me. The only place in the Bible you'll find God asking him to test him is in the area of the tithe, in our finance. But this is, a, this is a dual test. See, God tests us with the tithe, our obedience, our heart, our faith. But God invites us to test him, to put our trust in him. The other week we had a situation in our house um, where our boiler, which I think is probably about nine months old, um, started making these really loud banging noises when I turned it on. And I'm like, hmm, I don't think it's supposed to do that. (laughs) But, you know, life's busy. And, you know, I was just grateful that the heating still came on. Can I get an amen? And hot water. So I was kind of like, you know, would uh, just cope with the banging noise for a bit, you know, be warm, have my hot shower. I'm like, it's all good. And then, you know, a few days go by and the kids are like, mom, (laughs) the boiler's making a really loud banging noise. I'm like, yeah, I know, but we still have hot water. We still have heating. It's all good. And anyway, this one day it kind of came on and I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty loud, isn't it? And I did feel like this Holy Spirit, okay, you need to pick up the phone, um, and, you know, get this sorted. So I, we had the, the year's guarantee, and I'm grateful that it was still, you know, only nine months old. So I rang the person who was, like, making banging noises, came over. And anyway, he came over and did what they did. And the guy said to me, he said, I'm so glad that you called me when you did. He said, because that was just waiting, an accident waiting to happen. 
He said, I don't know why it was even making the banging noises because it shouldn't have made, been making banging noises, something to do with whatever was going on. It should have been silent, but it was actually really, really, um, could have been fatal. I'm like, wow, glad I acted on the Holy Spirit moment in that moment. But what I'm glad is that I am not reliant on a guarantee by British gas that I'm not relying on a guarantee by any man-made thing, that actually I put my trust and my hope in God, who is able to protect me far more than British gas, who is able to provide for me far more than British gas, who is able to do all those things. I'm so glad that my, God, my trust is in God. He is a trustworthy God. Put Him to the test. Put Him to the test to His Word and what He says. I just think my last uh, 20 years of our married life, we've been married 20 years this year, which is incredible, I think, for me. (laughs) Um, But for the last 20 years, we've put God to the test when it comes to the tithe from day one. In fact, both of us, before we even got married, were tithing. And we have seen God come through time and time again. Every time He's showed up and been faithful, every time He's provided, every time He's come through. And I want to say that, I live in blessing now, not because I tithe last month, but because it's become a lifestyle, because it's become a habit, because it's become part of what we do. And I want to say we can't just tithe once and expect everything to work. It's like going to the gym and doing a few reps and going, where's my muscles? It wouldn't happen. It's got to become a rhythm and a lifestyle. And we've got to choose to put God to the test when we feel tested ourselves. When we're in a tough situation, when the bank balance and the bills going out don't add up, when the employer is saying, uh, our bosses are saying things, you think that's not going to be good. That's the moment where we have to say, God, I'm going to put you to the test. God, your word says that when I bring my tithe, that you're going to bless me, that you're going to open the floodgates, that you're not going to leave me, but you're going to bring blessing. And I know time and time again that God has done that in our lives. I know there have been times when we're thinking, I don't know if we can go to the shop again to buy food. I don't know if we're going to get a wage in this month. But every time we've chosen to put God first, every time we've chosen to keep bringing our tithe and putting God to His Word, I've seen His faithfulness. I've seen His goodness. And not just in our lives, but in many other people's lives as well. I love the fact that just because it leaves my hand, it doesn't leave my life that God continues to use it and work with it and bring his word to fruition. His promise is test worthy. And I want to encourage you that, um, you know, whatever season you find yourself in, I could stand here and I could pray for you and that would be great. But I want to say that my prayer is not as powerful as his promise. You have to put him to the test. So our tithe, it tests who and where we place our trust. And the last thing is this. Third thing is that our tithe, it's an expectation of what's to come. See, our tithe isn't just any 10%. It's the first 10%. The first of everything that comes into our house, every bit of increase that comes into our house, the first thing is that 10% goes back to God. In Romans 11 verse 16, it says, If part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If root is holy, so are its branches. I love that. I reckon most of us in this place will have a morning routine. 
Now, some of you may not feel like it's a routine. You may feel like life in the morning is chaotic and crazy, but every day you do it. So therefore, that is your routine, okay? <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we try really hard in our house, uh, both me and Mark, and he's, I have to say, he's very good at routine. He's good at doing things in the house. He's, he's a good husband. But, you know, we're always kind of trying to do things, empty the dishwasher, make the bed, um, open the windows a little bit ajar to get some fresh air in. Then, you know, prepping the tea for when we get home, making sure all the football kits are lined up because every day is a football day in our house and making sure all these things. And what we're doing in that moment is that I'm setting up everything that's to come. In that moment where I do take time out to do the first thing in the morning, set things up, means that the rest of the day is going to go a whole lot easier. Putting first things first. We read about in Genesis 4, um, brothers Cain and Abel, and this really is talking about the first fruits. And, uh, the, and Cain's offering was different to Abel's offering. It says in verse 3, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also bought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. See here, we've got one of them who's going to give in the first and the best to God. And the other one who's just over time, you know, if I've got a little bit left, I'll give it to God. Kind of, you know, the not the first and the best. I've often taken my kids to McDonald's, probably a lot more than we should on various times. And I do, I think what every parent does, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll just buy the kids McDonald's, you know, it's for them. But then it comes and the smell, it hits you and you're like, ah. So what you do is you ask one of your children, you kind of look them in the eye and say, hey, can I just take one chip? Can I just take a chip? And they look at you and they just do this whole face contortion thing and they're like, mom, no, not one chip. And I'm like, okay, you would not even have this meal if it wasn't for me. I'm just asking you for one chip, one hot, really nice smelling chip, one chip, please. And they're like looking at you with this, you know, and you're just like, <sighs> so they sit there for a bit and they'll, you know, eat their meal kind of looking at you and I'm just like, you know, waiting. And eventually the conviction comes and they kind of pass me over this soggy, cold, deflated, limp chip. Here you go, mom. And I'm like, gee, thanks. I feel so blessed by this. I'm so blessed by this limp little old chip. But isn't that sometimes how we treat God? That, you know, we don't give him our first and our best, but we give him our last and our leftovers. And I really want to encourage us that we're putting God first. It's an expectation of what's to come. See, when we give it to God, God blesses that. And then we can have the expectation, well, if you've blessed this God, what is going to happen with everything else that's going to come my way? See, then we give our first 10% and then we have a faith that says, come on, God, you're going to bless it. Come on, God, you're going to bring opportunity. You're going to bring breakthrough. You're going to bring increase. You're going to bring something incredible because your word says, bring it into the house the whole time, not just a little bit, not just a, a limp, soggy chip. Bring the whole, the best, the first, and look what I can do. Watch me open the floodgates of heaven and bring so much blessing that you will not be able to contain it. See, when we just give God the last bit, there is no room for faith. 
We've sorted it out ourselves. We don't need God to move. But when we give to God first, when it doesn't feel good, when it doesn't make sense on paper, when we stretch our faith muscle, then there's an an expectation of a faith realm. We're not living in the natural realm now. We're living in a faith realm and God can show up. 20 years of marriage of bringing the tithe faithfully to God even when it's hurt, even when it doesn't make sense, even when, uh, you know, it doesn't just compute on paper, faithfully bringing the tithe to God. And just the, the incredible goodness of God, the faithfulness of him to his word every month, seeing him come through. And I want to say it's way more than financial blessing. Don't just give and think that you're going to get a return check in the post, double or whatever. This is about just your life being blessed, your marriage being blessed, your work being blessed, your family being blessed, your health being blessed, that every place you step that you are blessed. And does that mean that you don't have trial and challenge and difficulty? No. But it means that even in the trial, even in the difficulty, God will still find a way to bless you. He will still bring breakthrough for you. So I want to ask you, what are you expecting this year? What is your expectation? Matthew 6 verse 33 says this, Seek first his kingdom and all these will be added to you. Seek first his kingdom. Put God first. Choose to prioritize him. Being in the house of God. Praying, worshiping, reading the word, bringing your tithe, being generous over and above. Seek first the kingdom. See, it seems counter to logic and reason that the start of financial health is actually to give. The uh, Barna Research did some uh, surveys of over 5,000 tithers in uh, the U.S., and they reported this. It said that people, out of these 5,000 tithers, it said that people had less debt, higher net worth, reported reduced rates of stress, and higher life satisfaction. I reckon we could call that throwing open the floodgates of heaven. I love it. So I guess, what are we going to do with God's invitation to us? Let me read you again what it says in Malachi. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So what is that going to be our response today, church? I want you to ask yourself these questions. Who are you honoring? We're all going to be honoring someone or something with our time and our finances. So who are you honoring? Where are you putting your trust? Is it in your boss, your employer? Is it in yourself to kind of make things work and make things happen? Or is it in God? Is it in His Word? Is it in what He says that He can do? And then lastly, what are you expecting? What is your expectation this year for your business? What is your expectation this year for your family, for your household, for your relationships, for uh, you in church life. What's your expectation? And today really has two responses. There is a now response 
and there is a later response. And in a moment, we're going we're gonna to bring our tithes and offerings. But the later response really is for you guys to go away. And I want you to continue to ask God about where you are at in this, in this journey, I guess, of tithing. And for some of you in this place, uh, let me just speak into marriages for a moment. This is a big thing in marriages. And I've seen many couples um, over years of being in ministry, just finance and money being a real hold. And it can be one of the most um, biggest sources of conflict in marriage when we have people with different expectations, different views of money, and especially when it comes to tithing. And I'm really believing uh, that this is going to be a moment where there'll be unity in marriages over this. And I guess I've kind of given you a little head start, guys, okay? So you can go home and you can say, hey, should we chat about what Emily was saying today? So I've kind of like, you know, I've set it up. So all you need to say is blame me and say, hey, Emily said we've got to talk about it, okay? So I've kind of helped you out. So that's your kind of homework for later. And for some of you, you know, maybe, maybe you have partly given a gift to God and just today learning that actually the tithe is 10. And you've had a conviction of that. Okay, I need to take that and I need to act on that. And for so many of you, I know that you give by standing order. I know I would forget otherwise. So standing order is good and you can do all that. You can take the envelope, the information's on there and you can set up standing orders. For some of you, you're just going to continue giving your tithes and maybe you want to increase the, what you give. Your uh, part of generosity wants to be enlarged. For some of you, this will be the first time you've done this. But I want you to go away. I want you to really seek God on it. So that's your kind of later response, you know, in marriages and yeah, just setting it up and applying it to your life. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 